Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. Let's pray together. Jesus, indeed, there is no one beside you. So all glory and praise go to you, and Father, our lives go to you because of Jesus, because of what he has done. We give ourselves completely, totally, totally to Jesus. God, now as we come to a time where we're going to read some scripture together, where we're going to talk about what you say about us, these truths about who you are as our Father and who we are, we ask that you would move in this room today. You would challenge us. You would change us. You would help us understand who you are and who we are a little bit better today. But most importantly, God, we ask once again that you would teach us how to love better. We pray this in the name of Jesus, the one who there is no one beside. Amen. Well, let me welcome you again to Faith Christian. So glad we get to spend this time together. A couple things I need to let you know before we dig in too deep this morning. And uh, the most important one, or at least the, the, the most critical, most, the next one, that's the one I'm less worried about. The next thing that you're going to need to know is that next Sunday is our last Sunday of our summer together time. We've been to, for, we started Memorial Day meeting at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And uh, beginning our next, our next Sunday, we end that. So be here at 10 o'clock next Sunday. Uh, that's Labor Day weekend next weekend. So be here at 10 o'clock next Sunday. And then the following Sunday, which is September the 11th, that Sunday morning, we will uh, resume our dual services, our two services, 9 and 1030. Faith Kids will be happening during the 1030 service. Uh, on Sunday evenings, beginning that Sunday, September 11th, our faith students will kick off their fall programming. And so a lot of things happening here in two weeks from today uh, when we go back to our two services. So again, next week, 10 o'clock, the following Sunday, 9 and 1030. And we can't wait to worship together both of those Sundays, even though at different times. And be sure you mark your calendar for that. Also want you to let you know that coming up a little later in September, uh, we have the next of our 25th anniversary celebrations. We've got an event planned in September, October, and November, but the next one of these is in September. We're going to have a low country boil, which if you've never been a part of one of those, it's just good food. It's just good, good food. So you're going to be here for that. You can go to our website, and you actually RSVP for that. Go to FCCNP.org. You can RSVP for that. We'll talk more about that uh, as we get closer to it. That's coming up at the end of September. Um, this past spring, um, I think it was spring, it may have been winter, my wife and I got the rare chance to just do something, just the two of us. You parents know how that is. There's kids all the time, and there's stuff. And we got, the two of us went down to Columbus, and we got the, to go to this exhibit um, that was called the Immersive Van Gogh Experience. Some of you have been to this. You, you, you know what this is. But it's, it's kind of a celebration of the art of Vincent Van Gogh. And it's a multimedia presentation. You go into this room, about twice the size of this, and projected on the walls and on the ceiling and on the floor, um, there are all these different digital images of these classic pieces of, of art by Van Gogh. And it was absolutely stunning. And if you've ever been to something like that, or you've been to the Museum of Art in Canton or in Cleveland or in Chicago or some other, some other place, you've been to a, an art museum, and you've been able to stand and look and enjoy and experience a classic work of art, which is what this Van Gogh thing was, taking these classic works of art and kind of bringing them to a new audience through this digital thing. It's just something, maybe it's just me. I know some of you are art lovers too, but maybe it's just me. It's something just mesmerizing about being in the presence of a 
classic, hundreds of years old work of art, seeing what a master artist has created, this visual art, a performance art, whatever it is, to be able to see someone who, who is phenomenal at art to be able to experience what they create. There's something stunning to me. I assume it is to most of you as well. Something stunning about that. I think there's something very special about being in the room. That's why you love to go to concerts or plays, being, breathing the same air as the performers. There's something about an artist that we are drawn to. I think there's a reason for this. I think the reason that we are drawn to create, creativity and creative people and to art is because our God is a creator. Our God is an artist. Our God is the creator. Look around at the beauty of the world. Stand on a seashore and watch the sun rise or set. Stand in the mountains and breathe the fresh air and listen to the birds and see the vista in front of you. Put your feet in the, in the pool at the bottom of the waterfall as you hear the water crashing down. There's something stunning. There's something inspiring about being around something that beautiful, something that has been created. You get that same experience when you, when you look in the eyes of your kid, grandkid. You see something beautiful that an artist God, the creator, has created. You experience that when you look at your family or a dear friend. It's easy for us to see that God is an artist. I tell you this today because when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. We've been in this series the last couple of weeks that we're kind of calling, who, me? And we're looking at some things that Scripture says that you are. Because, say it with me, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Say it with me one more time. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. So a couple of weeks ago, we learned that we are, because we follow Jesus, as, as followers of Jesus, we are an ambassador of Christ. That means we have a message from the kingdom to the world. We're the highest ranking diplomat of the kingdom to the place where we live now. Last week, if you were here, we learned that you are, because of Christ, through the blood of Christ, you are more than a conqueror. And that with God's work power alive in you, you can conquer that, that struggle, that obstacle that's in front of you, whether it's addiction, whether it's a broken relationship, whether it's just stress of life. With God's power, you can conquer that. Today, I want to teach you this, because when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And Scripture says that you, yes, you, are a masterpiece. Our God is an artist. You're his prized work. Yeah, you. You are a masterpiece. Well, what about me? No, 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 not me. I'm not a masterpiece. I'm not anything. I'm not a masterpiece. I'm not a work of art. There's, there's too much wrong with me. I've destroyed too much of art, of art I could have been. I'm too far gone. I've done too much. I've seen too much. There's too much wrong with me. It's a little bit like the show. I hate this show. Do you watch the show, The you know what I'm talking about, the show The Bachelor. This is a horrible show. I hate this stupid show. But every now and then, as I'm flipping through the channels, the stupid Bachelor show will be on. And every single time, it seems like there's some girl sitting in the back of the limousine, and she's been rejected. She didn't get her stupid rose, right? And she is crying, and she has ugly crying. Nasty, and she's so there. She's the camera's tight, you know, to get that good shot of her. And she's, oh, it's just messing up again. Thanks, Pete. 
over there. Hey, you can hear me now. All right, we've got a microphone problem. All right, thank you. All right, so this stupid girl in the limousine. Did you hear that part? Okay. The stupid girl's in the limousine. She's crying. Uh, she's, she's upset. Why is she upset? Because she didn't get her rose, and she's boo-hoo, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. And she always says something like this. <laughs> there must be something wrong with me. Yes. That's correct. There is something wrong with you. You thought that the guy on the TV show was going to be Mr. Perfect. That's what's wrong with you. You thought you were going to find true love on a reality television program. That's, it's obvious. There, there's more things wrong with you, but you want to just start with the top ten? How much, how, yeah, there's something wrong with you. Maybe some of you feel like that. You feel like, there's no way I'm a work of art. There's no way I'm a masterpiece because there's too much wrong with me. You've been rejected in life. You didn't achieve what you wanted to achieve. You thought you could do more, and you didn't. You wake up one day going, I, I feel so insecure. I feel so inadequate. There must be something wrong with me. If you've ever felt that, if you've ever felt that way, I just want to encourage you today by telling you, you are absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, there's something wrong with you too. Without Christ, there's something wrong with you. In fact, our text today that we're going to read in just a second from Ephesians chapter 2, Paul is very direct. Basically, he says that there is something wrong with you without Christ. I will just summarize. He says, you're sinful, you are spiritually dead. If you're new with us, welcome to Faith Christian. We're here to make you feel good about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Let me read it. Ephesians 2, beginning of verse 1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we are subject to God's anger just like everyone else. Verse 4. But God. Now, hold on. Anytime you see a bunch of bad things going on in Scripture, and then you see these two words together, but God, you can take some comfort in the fact that at any moment when God shows up, things can change. But God is so rich in mercy. He loved us so much. Now, now, now watch, watch, watch what happens. Watch while we do nothing and God does everything. But God is so rich in mercy, he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Jesus Christ. Understand this. Before we go on, understand this. I don't want to hold anything back. I don't want to tiptoe around this to make you feel good about yourself. Without Christ, there is a lot wrong with you. Scripture says you are sinful. You are spiritually dead. The good news is, but God. God can change everything in a moment through his son, Jesus. Verse 8. God 
saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this because it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so that none of us can boast about it. It doesn't matter how hard you try. It doesn't matter how, how good you think you are. It doesn't matter how religious you are or at least how religious you act like you are. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done so that no one can boast about it. No one can say, well, I'm more saved than you are. That's just not the way it works. Now, because of Christ, who are you? When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. Will you read that line with me out loud? For we are God's masterpiece. Paul goes on. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do in Christ you. Yeah, you. You are God's masterpiece. You are God's prized work of art. Who, me? You are the masterpiece of God the creator, God the artist. You are the perfect workmanship of God in Jesus Christ. You are God's masterpiece. Yes, you. Yeah, you. I, I like the old bumper sticker. I see this every now and then. I've seen it on several cars. The bumper sticker says something like this. It says, God don't make no junk. You ever seen a car with that? You ever seen a bumper sticker or a sign on somebody's wall? God don't make no junk. I like that. It, you can't say, God doesn't make any junk, because that's, that, that, that's just not effective. Got, God don't make no junk. You've got to use the bad grammar and everything. God don't make no junk. But, but you get the picture of this. The problem I have with that bumper sticker is this. Every time I see that bumper sticker, it is on the crappiest car in town right? It is on a horrible, junky car. I don't know what to do with that. My theological brain can't, can't compute those two, two. But the truth is, when you are in Christ, when you are in Christ, you need to understand, God don't make no junk. God don't make no junk. You are the masterpiece of God, created for the master's purpose, and God wants you to believe this, because when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. So everybody say this with me. Put the slide up for me, Ryan. There. Everybody read this with me. I am God's masterpiece made in Christ Jesus to do what God created me to do. In fact, the Greek word, Greek's the, the language of the New Testament, the Greek word that's translated there as masterpiece is a word that could be translated beautiful poem. Beautiful poem. I love that. That's who you are in Christ. You are a poetic statement of the glory and the majesty of God. That, that's beautiful. That's what your life should be, a poetic statement of the glory of God. That word could also mean perfect workmanship, perfect work of art. That, that, that's what you are. In Christ, you are the perfect work of God. It could also be translated as tapestry, something beautiful. In other words, all these different, these different images of art are coming together to create this beautiful picture, this beautiful word picture of who you are in Christ. You are with Christ, a poetic statement, the masterpiece, the perfect workmanship of the artist. And when you believe that, when you believe that, well, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. So the lessons are, I think, pretty easy today. Here's the first one. As God's masterpiece, 
you know who you are, you know what to do. As God's masterpiece, you are created for the master's purpose. You are created for the master's purpose. As God's masterpiece, you exist to bring glory to him in your workplace, in your home, the way you raise your kids, the way you do your relationships, the way you conduct your business. You are created to bring glory to him. You've got to understand this, that we are not saved by the good things we do. We're not saved by our good works. This is why Paul spent 10 verses before telling us that you're a masterpiece in this passage in Ephesians 2. He sends 10 verses reminding us we're not saved by what we do. It's a but God thing, that God did this. We are saved not by our good works. Instead, we are saved for our good works. Let me say it this way. We are not saved by the good things that we have done, but we are saved to do good things for the one who saved us. We are never saved by our works, by our efforts, by our doings. Why? So we can't boast about it. We can't brag about it. We can't one-up each other on this one. But we are saved to make a difference and to bring glory to God in this world. If you are in Christ, it doesn't matter how you feel about yourself. I'm not that good. I'm not that talented. You need to understand this. You have been made new. You have been remade. You are the masterpiece of God. But you're not just like a, a masterpiece, like a, like a painting at the museum that just goes up on the wall where people can just walk by and go, oh, isn't that lovely? That's not why you were created. You are the masterpiece created for the master's purpose. Here's why this matters. In all of history, in all of the span of time, God has decided that this little slice of time, this 70 or 80 or 90 or 100 years, whatever you have on this earth, God has decided that this is the best time, this moment in all of history, this is the best moment for you to serve him best. This is your moment. God has intentionally put you alive in this place and this moment in all the eons of history because he knows you could serve him best right now. There was no better time for you to be born with your gifts and your talents and your skills and your personality and your winsomeness and your makeup. This was the best time in history that you could serve the master and bring glory to him. The problem is, for so many people, we just don't believe that we could possibly be the masterpiece. That's not me. I'm just not... I, I, I'm, I'm not, and on and on and going. We don't understand our purpose. Here's the problem with that. When you don't understand the purpose of a thing, all you can do is abuse the thing. I, I don't know if any of you are PBS geeks like my family is. We watch PBS all the time. There's a great show on PBS called um, This Old House. You familiar with it? It's the, it was the pre, there's no HGTV, Magnolia Network, whatever they call it. There's none of that without This Old House, the original home renovation show. And on This Old House, every Saturday morning, you watch this. They do this little segment sometimes on the show that they call, What Is It? And what they do is they bring in a tool that um, 
that the, the other host, there's like five hosts on the show, one of them will bring in a tool that's a new new gadget, new tool, something like that, and the other ones try to guess what it is. And so they'll bring in, we'll just have an imaginary tool here, we'll call it a, um, this is a brand new screw puller outer. I don't know, I'm making stuff up here. All right, so we've got this brand new screw puller outer, and, and so the guy's holding it, so what do you think this is? And so the first guy will go, well, that's, that's obviously a, um, um, that's a mustache comb. And he'll, yeah, and he's, they do all these ridiculous things. And finally, the, whoever brought the thing in will say, no, this tool is for this. And then they'll demonstrate how that tool works. Kind of a neat bit. But the problem is when you don't know what the tool is, when you don't know what the purpose of something is, you abuse it. You use it for a mustache comb or you use it for a doorstop instead of a, what I say, screw puller router, right? So if you don't know what something, you don't know the purpose of something, all we do is abuse the thing. And so many people, so many people who sit in church every week, so many people who love God who are committed to who God is, so many Christians today don't understand the purpose of their lives. And if you don't know your purpose, all you can do is abuse the masterpiece of God. Here's the deal. Life without purpose, it's time without meaning. Life without purpose reduces everything down to an experiment. And that's the way many of you are living your life. You're experimenting. Well, maybe this job will help me feel fulfilled. Maybe this person will bring me completion. And she didn't, so maybe she will. And this thing might, because that thing didn't. And maybe this accomplishment could. And you just go on experimenting and experimenting because you don't know the purpose of your life. Here's the deal. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, don't ask the thing. You don't ask the screw puller outer, what are you for? If you don't know the purpose of a thing, you don't ask a thing. You don't pick up a tool and say, hey, tool, what are you here for? Next thing you know, you're rubbing your mustache or trying to breathe out of a doorstop or a screw puller out, right? You don't ask the thing what the thing is for. Who do you ask? You ask the one who created the thing. What's the thing for? You ask the creator what's it, what's the, what, what it is, and you are the masterpiece of God. You seek God. You ask God, what is my purpose? Why am I here? How can I bring you glory in my life? The big picture, the big picture is you exist not to accumulate more things in this little slice of eternity that you get to live in. You exist instead to bring glory to God with all that you are and all that you have, and we all do it in our own specific way based on our talents and our abilities and our skills and our passions, and our experiences. As God's masterpiece, you are created for the master's purpose. You are the masterpiece of God made new in Christ Jesus to do the good things which the master prepared in advance for you to do. Here's the second part of the lesson. As God's masterpiece, you have everything you need to do everything God wants you to do. Listen to what Peter writes, 2 Peter chapter 1. God's divine power. No, no, notice, it's not my power. It's not your power. It's not our power. God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. God's divine power has given us everything we need. Think of it this way. God never calls someone to do something and says, hey, you, you are my masterpiece. Go do this. And then a week later, God goes, ooh, what was I thinking? Why did I send them to do that? What, what was I thinking? 
For, for example, in the Old Testament, there's this brilliant story where God calls Moses to deliver the people of Israel, God's people, out of slavery in Egypt. Moses didn't think he was good enough to do this. Moses did not think he was the masterpiece. I've got too much, too much baggage, God. I, can't, I, I have a speech problem. I can't do this. I'm just not good enough. I'm not good enough to get this done. I'm not the masterpiece. And God never said, oh, yeah, Moses, you're right. I'm such an idiot. I forgot. I forgot you've got all that baggage. I forgot you've got the speech impediment. I forgot you've got that disability. I forgot you had, you're obviously not the one. You're not good enough, Moses. I, God never does that. When God calls you, he will give you everything you need to do everything he wants you to do. Wife notices a lot of people have what I will call masterpiece envy. We like to look at other people and saying, well, I'm not like them. I wish I could do what they could do. I can't do this. I, I don't have that ability. I don't have that knowledge. I wish I had. And when they look more at other people, they don't realize how God created them. They say, well, I wish I could do that when they don't realize what it is that they can do. They look at someone else and say, well, you know, I'm not like her. And they don't realize how God has created you to be you. They don't understand what they can do because that's how God's created them. God has given you, yeah, you, everything you need to do everything that God wants you to do. As God's masterpiece, you are created for the master's purpose. You have everything you need to do everything God wants you to do. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are the masterpiece created for the master's purpose. I think one of the most beautiful word pictures that we have in Scripture is of God as a artist, a, a, a potter is the picture. God is the potter, the artist, the creator, and we, his people, his children, in the metaphor, you and I are the clay that the potter uses to create this beautiful work of art. I found this great little video a couple years ago. I've shown you this once or twice before. Let me show it to you again. Just a fantastic little video that kind of demonstrates the, the beauty of this, this metaphor of God is the potter and we are the clay. Go ahead and roll that for me, Ryan. It's gone again. All right. This is a beautiful little metaphor. I'm going to put it online. Go to our Facebook page this afternoon. You can watch it there. How about that? It's not there. The, the picture is that God's the potter. Oh, is it there? Oh. That's the one without the sound. So we have, we've had all kinds of tech problems. Today. Just scratch it. I'll, tell, I'll describe it. I will put it online. Go to our Facebook page this afternoon. You can watch it there. The, the, the idea in this, if you can watch this really weird hand, stop there with the clay. That's, <laughs> please clear all. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Whew, that got a little weird. Um, <clears throat> The picture and, and what, what this video is, will, will describe when you get to watch it on Facebook this afternoon is this. The, 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 it's, 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 the, the, the metaphor is from the book of Isaiah. And God is the, the potter and we are the clay. And in the, in the metaphor, there's a potter at the wheel. And they are creating the jar, the vase, whatever, and they mess up. The work of art is not the masterpiece. And so what does the potter, in this metaphor in the book of Isaiah, what does the potter do? The potter starts over. But they don't take the clay that got messed up and throw it away. They use the clay that's already on the wheel. And they begin to reform it again and again and again until it is the masterpiece. And that's the picture for you and me. That, yeah, I've messed up too. I, may, I don't think I'm enough. 
but God continues to remake me with what I am, with my experiences, with my skills, with my baggage. He continues to remake me into who he wants me to be. So one final thought. If you don't like yourself, let God remake you. He is the potter. You are the clay. Let God remake you. If our community team will go ahead and take their places, let me pray for you. Just go ahead and bow your heads, close your eyes. Let me just talk to you for just a minute as we enter this time of prayer. Especially for those of you and in the room today, most of us today are we're, we're committed followers of Jesus. We, we've followed Jesus, some of us, for, for decades at this point. And so it's really easy, it's really easy for us to look at other people and what they can do and what I think I can't do. It's really easy to not feel like a masterpiece. After all I've done, after all my baggage, after all my sin, it's really easy to feel like I'm not good enough. So let me just say to you, Christian, it doesn't matter what you feel like. Because of Christ, you are made new. You are the masterpiece of God, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. So if you would just say, just quietly, as you kind of prayed to God in this moment, just say, God, honestly, I, I want to believe it. And I want to live it. I want to know the purpose for which I was created. And I want to live according to the Master's purpose. I want my life to count to bring God the glory. Let me pray for you. God, I pray today for everyone in this room, everyone watching this broadcast. I pray that each one of us would overcome the, the insecurity that the world has beat into us. That each of us would recognize that in Christ Jesus, we are a new creation. We can be remade. We, we are the clay. You are the potter. That in Christ Jesus, we are a masterpiece created to bring glory to you. God, I pray that we would understand who we are so that we'll know what to do. So God, would you lead us to, a, a, to, to step into your purposes for our lives? That we would find fulfillment, not, not experimenting, but fulfillment by being confident that you have a purpose you have a plan for the masterpiece, the work of art that you have made us to be. God, I ask that by your spirit, you would do a work in your people that we would never be the same, that we would be remade new. That's our prayer today in the name of Jesus.